Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with a promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, it was the bye week. We talked about it last week a little bit, so don't really want to get into that too much. Uh, you know, as you as you said on the podcast, the bye week doesn't really mean that Don Callahan gets a break <laughs> from his duties here. And actually, it turned out that, you know, there was some pretty big news or I guess, um, yeah, it, it, decently sized news coming out of the weekend. So I wanted to, to discuss there because it sounds as if some additional offers may have gone out on the defensive line for the 2019 class. So let us know what happened there. Well, if you um, believe Twitter, and I believe in this, at least in this situation, that Twitter is is to be believed, uh, UNC sent out three scholarship offers to 2019 D linemen, which in and of itself is, is pretty interesting considering the information that we had prior to that those offers going out, the fact that North Carolina you know, has a good pool of, of D linemen. Uh, the only, the only, as of the last time I, I spoke to my sources, they only wanted a couple of D linemen in this class. So, and, and they had two guys who they felt really confident with. That's Tamari Fox, who we've talked about a bunch. She's from Collins Hill um, High School in Georgia. He's the brother of Taman Fox, who currently plays on UNC's defensive line. And Jaden McKenzie, a defensive tackle from Wake Forest High School, which is a school that North Carolina has had a lot of success with the last couple of classes. In addition to that, two of the three new offers are JUCOs, and they're unique JUCOs also. Um, both of them are three for threes, which is which means they have three years of eligibility but do not have a redshirt year. Meaning, you know, they've. You know, they're, they're, they will, wherever school they enroll at, they will arrive as sophomores, um, whereas a, a typical JUCO arrives as a junior. So you only have those years of um, those two years of eligibility remaining. And those are called usually they're two for two for threes, meaning they have those two years. And then they also have the redshirt year if needed. And in most cases, you don't end up using that redshirt year on, on a JUCO. But um, so, yeah, so it's um, we're, we're still kind of in the preliminary stages with that stuff, trying to figure out what, why, what and why and all that. Um, I, I did have an opportunity to speak at least a little bit to all three of the new scholarship offers. I guess it probably should um, give, give the names of these guys. Uh, oh, yeah, I was, I was going to ask that, actually. I was like, <laughs> it might be helpful to know who we're talking about because yeah. I had no clue. So, yeah, okay. what are the names, man? Uh, Nicholas Figueroa is a defensive end from uh, California. Goes to Riverside City Community College. He's one of the JUCOs. Yeah. The other one is Ray Vohasky, who is a uh, defensive lineman from DuPage College in Illinois. 
And the third one, who's actually a regular high school recruit, is Smith Vilbert, who actually plays at St. Joseph's in New Jersey. It's the same school that Tommy Hatton came from. North Carolina recruits the school regularly because it's it's um, one of the New Jersey powerhouses. And, and he's actually a very interesting kid. I spoke to him on Saturday, and um, you know, he – his focus was basketball up until really this season. And even last year he played football, but he, he um, put it on, on hold midway through the season to focus more on his basketball season. And then this off season, his football coach came to him and said, Hey, look, I mean, you're not getting too many looks for, for basketball, or at least the looks that you want to get. I think he has some D two offers in basketball. And he said, you know, we believe that you can be a college recruit, as a football player, you just, you need to give it a hundred percent and you need to come out and play a full season. And yeah, he didn't even need a full season. He played um, the first half of this season and received a bunch of scholarship offers, including North Carolina. So he's a, uh, yeah, I haven't watched his film yet, but I would imagine he's a raw kid that has a lot of athleticism. You know, we hear this story a lot about basketball players turned football players. So he's, um, he's going to be a really intriguing guy to, to watch all three of those recruits I have at least spoken to to some degree um, two of them I've in, actually interviewed all three have interest in at least visiting North Carolina uh, distance is obviously going to play a factor in some of those guys you know including Figueroa who's out in California so you know that's it's going to be interesting it's going to add a little bit of a, a twist to the whole recruiting class as we're kind of looking at it what's uh, what's your take on just you know knowing about these new scholarship offers so starting with the JUCO guys, who I think are the most intriguing of them, because in Carolina, the last real big JUCO defensive lineman I remember the Heels getting was a guy by the name of Sylvester Williams. That was a while ago, but you know, Sly turned out pretty darn well for the Heels, uh, NFL player and everything. So I think when you're talking about defensive line, really the line positions, O-line or defensive line, I'll expand it to the O-line as well. When you get guys that are more developed and more mature, it can really make a difference because those are traditionally the positions where you see college programs need to get guys into their strength and conditioning. You know, there's just so much that goes in there that playing right out of high school is very rare and very difficult. So the fact that, that the heels are, you know, targeting JUCO guys, I think is a positive. Now, I will say, as most Carolina fans know, there is going to be that caveat because the track record of UNC actually being able to enroll JUCO guys, it's not the best. It's it's kind of hit and missed on. And, you know, you may have a little bit more information on this, but um, I think it's just a combination of UNC's, you know, having a little bit more stringent uh admissions requirements and grade requirements in certain other schools and there's also that one weird math class that i don't think it's it's an issue for juco guys i wouldn't think so but overall those are the names that i think are a little bit more intriguing uh the defensive line depth if you're looking at the depth chart going into next year i mean it's it's not all that great there's definitely room there for some bodies and if juco guys can come in and play especially being as you called three and threes you know having those those three years of eligibility i mean absolutely go for it now i will say this if carolina only landed the two juco players i think I might be a little bit worried from a future depth standpoint 
ideally, I think Carolina would be best off maybe landing one of those guys and then one of the Tamari Fox or Jaden McKenzie, Don, that we've talked about a lot. What do you think about that as trying to maybe mix up a JUCO with someone that's coming straight out of high school? Well, my my mindset goes in a different direction. My thinking is, is that if they would have just offered one JUCO guy, then I probably wouldn't have thought so much in this direction. But offering two, and I know there was a couple other JUCOs that they've been talking to the defensive linemen, it makes me wonder it, that um, if the staff is expanding their need at the defensive line position, and instead of just signing two, they want to sign a third because either someone's leaving early or somebody like a Brent Lawless, who um, was anticipated to enroll in January, is now no longer going to be able to enroll in, Jan- in January. All this mm-hmm. is speculation. I'm not reporting anything as as far as this concern. As I said, I mean this is um, this is all pretty pretty new developments, and um, I haven't had an opportunity to consult with any sort of sources whatsoever on the 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 what and the why. Um, but uh, that's where my mind goes is what does this mean? I mean, are they, are they still looking to just take two D linemen or are they looking to take more than that? And, you know, the one thing I'll, I'll point out a typical Juco, I agree with you. You don't, you don't want to get too many typical Juco's, you know, Carolina doesn't want to, I mean, there's schools like Kansas state and, and um, you know, Mississippi state and, and all those sort of schools that they just regularly just, it's, it's just a revolving door. They bring in a Juco and then they bring in another one and, and it's okay, and it works for them. That's great. Carolina can't do that. So, yeah, a typical JUCO that has only two years of eligibility, um, if you have too many of those, it's, it's not going to help North Carolina, and it's going to hurt their depth. I think, though, that a, a JUCO like these two that have the three years of eligibility, I mean, that's really only one less year than a high school kid. And if you think about it, I mean, how many high school kids come into Carolina, and even after a redshirt year, they have a redshirt freshman year, they still I mean, maybe they contribute on special teams, but they don't make a huge impact. So I'm not all that worried about that first year. And if you and I think in, you know, a utopia, you can be like, OK, yeah, it'd be great for some, you know, during their freshman year for most kids to get that uh, experience playing Juco ball and then come to Carolina for three years. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that, that obviously is not realistic. But I think that, you know, having a kid who has played you know, these two that we're talking about, these two Juco's. They've played as uh, freshmen on the JUCO level, so and they were so impressive that they're earning scholarship offers, and now they're going to arrive at North Carolina. I think that's, you know, to me, I, I would just kind of almost look at them the same as as a as a high school kid coming in, to be honest. I, I might think they're even more valuable, you know, um, give or take. Yeah, because I think I, I, I'm imagining you're – I'm imagining your thinking there as to them being more valuable is the fact that they've had that extra year to develop and get bigger, stronger, faster, all that stuff, right? Yeah, and not only that, they've been able to because obviously if a kid when when a high school kid enrolls in North Carolina during their freshman year, they are they're in for the first time in a college strength and conditioning program and and that makes it's a huge difference. And then their freshman year they're in that same system and and usually they don't get a lot of game reps just usually a couple times on special teams but now these juco kids though during that during that redshirt freshman year they actually played a significant amount and played at a high level you know um to the point where they're getting scholarship offers so i feel like they're almost maybe a little bit more valuable than you know ready they're they're basically ready made you know coming in 
So would you say that if Carolina is possibly looking to take three defensive linemen in this class, that a good mix might be if they can get both of these Juco players, Don, those two, and then one of the uh, freshman guys, you know, just really at this point, whoever they could get. Yeah, I mean, I think if it were me and I don't have all the the information, I would definitely be looking very hardly at trying to land both of these Juco guys. And I think that in the right scenario, you could land two, these two Juco guys and land two um, high school guys and, you know, call it a day. I mean, I think North Carolina is in a great spot with McKenzie and with Tam- uh, Tamari Fox. So, um, you know, if you can land those four, that would be the ideal scenario. Now, they're probably looking, and again, I have not spoken to any sources, so this is pure speculation on my part. They're probably looking at just taking one of those JUCOs and having them fill whatever void that they potentially have that hasn't been out in the media yet. And again, you know, as I, as I mentioned, is that someone leaving early that, that they didn't expect to leave early? Or is that some, or is that Brent Lawless? Because if you remember, Heading into, or I guess heading out of the spring, North Carolina wanted to sign three defensive linemen in this class. And then when Brent Lawless became available and became a legitimate option, and then also you know, cleared emissions and all that sort of stuff, that number jumped down to um, to two. So that's why I'm wondering, you know, in order for that number to jump up to three, and we don't know that to be the case. It could be just the fact that North Carolina saw these guys film and were like, oh my God, these guys are really good. They're three for threes. This is really attractive. We offer them. If we don't get them, then then no big deal, no harm, no foul. But if we get them, I mean, these guys are going to be ready-made players. So that's why I think I think um, the, the most um, curious thing is, are they are they expanding their their net? to to land three guys as opposed to two. All right, well, I've got one more question for you on the defensive line, but before we get to that, let's talk about our friends at Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. So for all of our listeners out there, a new Jersey Mike store is opening on the south side of Chapel Hill in Chatham County, and it's actually occurring this Wednesday, October 10th. That's the grand opening for a new Jersey Mike Subs at the Chatham Crossing in the Lowe's Food Shopping Center. It's only a 12-minute drive from Chapel Hill, right down 15501. And it's on the way for anyone coming to Chapel Hill from Larenburg, Pinehurst, Southern Pine, Sanford, or Pittsburgh. All fall, Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill is partnered with the Inside Carolina to offer a great deal for our podcast listeners. All you need to know is the code HEELS15 to get 15% off of your order. It's an online promotion only, so you go to jerseymikes.com order. Click the location nearest to you, click order, pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter that code HEELS15, and you get 15% off of your whole order. You get to skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. You can do it today. Place an online order at one of the four existing Chapel Hill and Hillsborough locations, and soon at the one in Chatham County. It's a super easy process. Just remember that code HEELS15. And also, look for Jersey Mike's inside of Keene Stadium this fall and with the tailgate guys as well. So support the IC Podcast and get 15% off of your Jersey Mike's order. It's a win-win. All right, Don, so my final question for you on the defensive line, guys, before we start talking about the upcoming night game against Virginia Tech is this. What if there's a scenario where UNC possibly has uh, three defensive line guys committed. Now, whether that be Lawless and a Juco and a freshman, a high school guy, the two Juco's, whatever combination you want. Do you think that if a high-end prospects like C.J. Clark 
were to become available to the heels, would UNC make room for someone of that caliber, regardless of the existing situation? I think North Carolina would probably make room for a guy of, of you know, a four-star caliber elite guy. So, so yeah, yeah. To answer your question, yeah, I think, I think they would. Um, it just, you know, in order for that sort of situation to kind of open up, there's, there's a lot of things that a lot of what ifs with it, you know, for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking, Don, anytime you can have just the possibility of someone of that caliber, you know, the school just has to see and always maybe keep that door open. But the odds of that, I mean, they're, they're admittedly pretty low. So I don't want to try to get up anyone's hopes or, you know, stoke that fire or anything, but Let's go ahead and talk about Virginia Tech and the game coming up this Saturday in Keenan Stadium. Now, it's a night game, Don, so hopefully the atmosphere is where it needs to be. I think maybe coming off of the bye week, this is probably about the perfect time, I would think, for UNC fans in the program to really have that support going into this game. And, you know, maybe Carolina fans are also a little bit buoyed by the by the fact that the Hokies just got beat on their home field by Notre Dame pretty convincingly on Saturday. So, Don, just in terms of atmosphere for this game, you know, what do you anticipate that to be? And, you know, do you think that being a night game, if the fans do turn out, could that have that really positive impact on some of the recruits that are going to be there? Yes, so... I kind of go back and forth as far as like what I expect the atmosphere. I think I'm leaning towards the atmosphere is going to be really good. Um, my only reservation on that is the fact that the the fan base is just so down on this coaching staff, and that might, I guess, reflect in their um, attendance on Saturday night. But um, with that aside, I mean it's it's a it's, you know, as you mentioned, it's a night game. It's at night. There's no excuses as far as, um, you know, getting there, you know, the time, the sign, all that sort of stuff. Um, the temperature should be nice, although I haven't checked the weather recently. So the atmosphere should be good. And night games in Keene Stadium have always been, um, pr- you know, pretty strong, if you think about it. I mean, that, those are, if if I had to name the, the top five games atmosphere-wise at, in Keene Stadium, I would imagine that all five of them would be, would be night games. Yeah. Those just seem I'm, to have that magic. The yeah. other thing from a, you know, obviously that's going to help the recruiting and that's going to help you know, the recruits see what the, the potential of UNC's fan base is because that's, you know, whether we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, that's, that's a major negative when, when recruits are considering um, schools is North Carolina's uh, fan base, to be honest with you. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but yeah, that's probably the one thing I hear from parents and recruits and high school coaches is, is just the, the lack of passion from the fan base and lack of support from the fan base. Um, but in addition to that, from, from a recruiting standpoint, if you look at some of the close by games, there really aren't any, you know, uh, Wake Forest, NC state and Clemson are all on a buy. So you don't have to worry about competing with them at all for, for recruits to go to their games. Duke is in Georgia tech, which, you know, is, is, it's a good, uh, good while away. Although, you know, maybe some, Maybe, maybe I, I don't expect that to be something that would that would I guess take away from UNC's attendance. And then I think um, uh, UVA plays, and so does uh, South Carolina. They both play home games. 
Um, but that's it. So really, in the state of North Carolina, there's no other major, you know, Power Five games going on. So that's going to just you know, in, increase the pool of potential attendees. And there, and it wouldn't surprise me. Now we're still working on a list, and we're not ready to release the list right now. But um, you know, this has the makings of being a game where there's going to be some surprise visitors, not because they are legitimately considering North Carolina, but because they're like, well. You know, I don't have really anywhere else to go. I want to go somewhere. This is a night game. It's North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Let me just go by there. And while someone say, well, that's just wasting your resources, your time, the ticket, all that stuff on a guy who isn't interested in in UNC. Um, But what ends up happening in those situations is those kids end up at least, at the very least, open their eyes and and start considering North Carolina a little bit more. And there has been some instances where it has put North Carolina – you know, push them from being, you know, a forgotten school to a player in a, in a recruits recruitment. Well, so real quick. All right. So if you're thinking about where recruits are located at, you mentioned South Carolina does have a home game. So potentially that could draw some kids away from the Charlotte area, but with Clemson not having a game, I don't really know if there's going to be too much of an effect on that. Um, you know, I mean, SEC is is SEC. I wonder who South Carolina is playing. But They're playing Texas A and M. Okay, it's, so it was a decent mm, game. Yeah, a decent game, but it's not as if you know they were playing Tennessee or Georgia yeah. or someone of that caliber. So, yeah, I, I I don't really see that as being too much of a draw away from Chapel Hill. No. And the other thing, Don, is you mentioned, yeah, just getting some guys on campus that maybe are not super interested in the heels. My thought process on that would be if it's a night game, the coaching staff should try to just get as many high school kids and coaches as they possibly can, because even if that doesn't bear fruit for the 2019 class, it strikes me as being a prime opportunity to open up some eyes for 2020 and 2021. Wouldn't that 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 logic kind of hold true there if you're getting kids in that early on to experience a night game in Keenan Stadium? Oh, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. We've talked about this, you know, a bunch of times already on this podcast where we've mentioned that really the way that the recruiting calendar has sped up so much that the focus for games, obviously you want to get 2019s on campus, but the, the pool of 2019s are so small that you'll be lucky to get two on a given weekend. So the focus really is the 2020 and the 2021s. And as a result of just the sped up calendar, you're starting to kind of be able to identify who the top targets from the 2020 and 2021 class, because UNC, like most other schools, is being very, very aggressive in offering these guys. There's a lot of in-state 2020 and 2021 guys that have UNC scholarship offers. I know because I've been to all except for one's um, school so far. And uh, we actually, which, which reminds me, we have two 2020 um, scholarship offer guys uh, intros or um, intro stories that we're going to be posting later on this week. So um, nice. get those sky yes. miles done. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, to get back to your, your question. Yes. I mean, getting those guys on camp, that's, that's the goal really. That's, that, you know, just the way the things are now, that's the goal. Get these younger guys on campus, get that um, impression. And in some cases it might be a first impression on these guys so that when their recruitment starts to blow up, they always have in their mind that great experience they had in Keene Stadium when the lights were on in North Carolina, hopefully, beats Virginia Tech. And the crowd yeah. goes wild. 
<laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> nice, Don. Hey, let's take another quick commercial break here to talk about our friends at HeelsTravel.com. They are the easiest way to book travel to big UNC away basketball and football games. Right now, Heels Travel is offering packages to Las Vegas for three nights and two games, two nights in Chicago for UNC versus Kentucky, and hotel accommodations for the ACC tournament in Charlotte. You can visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to get more information and to book your trip. Now, the trip to Las Vegas includes a round-trip airfare from RDU, round-trip transportation from the airport to the hotel, and a three-night stay at the Aria Resort and Casino. The trip to Chicago will feature two of the best teams in the nation squaring off on December 22nd. It's going to be an awesome time in a great city. So again, visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. And also be on the lookout for more travel packages from Heels Travel. So make sure that you head over to their website now. All right, Don. So in terms of the Virginia Tech, now let's kind of shift over to back to the 2019 class. Obviously, the recruiting ranking is not where anybody wants it to be right now. That's fans, coaching staff, you name it. And do you think that if the Heels get a good group of 2019 guys in Keenan this Saturday, do you think that could potentially start changing the fortunes for this class for UNC? Well, it depends on who is who's going to be there. And really the, the issue is, is that when we, you know, you know, everyone who hopefully everyone who's listening to this has, is familiar with my mock class because we talk about it a lot. And if you're listening to this, hopefully you're a subscriber to Inside Carolina and, and able, or have, have been able to read the mock class the last uh, few years. But if you're just looking at really the pool of talent, I don't know if there's a way of guys that UNC has a legitimate shot with right now. I don't know if there's a way that you can put them together where the class is this super high class. I don't know what, I guess, mm-hmm. what, what the definition well, I think the last mock class I did was it, it, it ranked um, just based off of what the, the, the points were it produced and comparing it to what it would be in the 2018 class, I think it ranked in the 60s, and the class before that ranked in the like 55 or something like that. Yeah, I, I well, just don't know if, if you pull out some of those guys and put in better ranked guys that North Carolina has a legit shot with if it moves it up into the top 25 or anything like that. Well, not necessarily top 25, Don, but what about potentially like a top 40? Like, do you see any sort of roadmap where Carolina could end up? with that class ranked in the 40s even? I would have to mess with, you know, the, you know, uh, 24-7 Sports has a great tool that I'm not sure everybody's familiar with is the class calculator, where basically you go in, I think you you pick North Carolina, it gives you its current class, and then you can kind of, you know, play GM by adding guys to the class, taking guys away, all that sort of stuff. I'd have to kind of mess with that to see. I think if, if there's a scenario where UNC lands you know, a Sam Howell and um, a Jaden McKenzie. And I'm, I'm trying to think of who, but who else could really, you know, Tony Davis would be a huge one. Yeah. Um, I think that would potentially could, could help it move into the, the, the 40. I would assume it would move into the forties. That's what, that would be my assumption, but I don't know until I kind of mess with, with the numbers. Actually, no, now I think about it. I had, I had those three. I don't know if I had Sam Howell in my last mock class. I know I had him on one of them. But I don't think I had him on my most. No, I didn't have him on my most recent one. So I don't know. It would be close, but I think 
there is a path. It's just a very, very, very small path for North Carolina to get into the 40s at this point with, with the current players that are on the board. Obviously, you know, we're putting new players on the board, you know, every month, if not every week. Yeah, it's definitely the peak season for recruiting times. And you know, I think as as the days tick down to that early signing day, you're just going to see more and more names pop up. So let me ask that. you a question since we talked a little bit about Sam Howe. Uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed, we actually ran a story over the weekend about uh, Sam Howe had a special visitor for his uh, his game on Friday. Were you able to read that? I did. What, I didn't hear what you said. Like, did you say you did or didn't? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said I did. Okay. So I was surprised by some of the feedback on the message. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but but I was, I guess. What's what's your take on that? I'm I'm interested. Well, look, at this point, you know, whatever the future is of Coach Larry Fedora, at least he is still trying and he's acting as if he is going to be recruiting the best guys that he possibly can. And I mean, that's really all you can ask for, because like you said, Don, the fan reaction to the story was <laughs> more negative than probably I anticipated from seeing it. But again, you know, given the current climate and the results from this season and just the general feelings towards the coaching staff, you know, I can see where some people are coming from there. But in general, yeah, I, I, did, think I feel he, like at this point, whether fair or not, if I ran a story about Larry Fedora helping some elderly woman across the street there would be <laughs> there would somehow be some negativity to that there, there just would, would. well you know and, but that's you know that's the nature of fandom and you know fans yeah. fanatics that's just how it goes but in terms of sam howell i think you would see honestly more anger and it would kind of almost be a dereliction of duties if coach fedora was just doing nothing i mean if if sam howell is seriously contemplating coming back on the market Carolina was one of the favorites for him when he was still uncommitted. And really, if Coach Fedora was not trying to follow up on that in every way possible, I mean, that's borderline inexcusable. So regardless of what his future is, he's out there, he's doing his recruiting, and the helicopter thing, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Look, Larry Fedora is going to be using the helicopter. It's going to be negative recruited against, you know, Certain recruits probably love it. Certain recruits don't like it. I don't know. But the fact remains, he's recruiting Sam Howell. Sam Howell is by far the best quarterback in North Carolina, one of the best in the entire South in this recruiting class. And so, yeah, if there's even the remotest chance that he could switch his commitment to UNC, the coaching staff has to do everything possible that they can to make that happen. Yeah, the other thing, too, and this is, I guess, getting a little bit off track, but, you know, uh, there's, it's always brought up the fact that Fedora doesn't own the helicopter. I don't think that's a big deal. I never assumed that he owned the helicopter. I don't think anybody yeah. ever did. Well, I, mean, I think everyone gonna... assumed yeah. it was owned by the school, which is not the case. It's, I think it's owned by a booster or, or, or something along those lines. I don't think that really matters, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a kid's going to be like, oh, no, that doesn't impress me now because, you know, that's not his. No, I mean, he's well, not driving I mean, it, you know. Yeah, I, mean, the, I mean, the only helicopter the university really has would have a legitimate reason to own is the rescue copter that yes. takes guys to the hospital. I mean, yes. come on. And Fedora's not using that one because, guy, no. we don't need to put that out there. No, <laughs> for very good reason he's not going anywhere near that helicopter. So, 
Yeah, it's what, it is what it is. And, and the other the other thing, um, it, it's so surprised because a lot of times I run a story and someone, it feels like all the time they're trying to read between the lines, and a lot of those instances I'm like, there's no need to read between the lines. The guy says it and it's pretty legit. In this situation, I feel like there needs to be a little bit of reading between the lines. You know, uh, for a while now I've been hearing whispers about how Hal is looking around. I went to his school. He completely denied it, shut it down, all that sort of stuff. And then for North Carolina's first and only so far home game, he shows up. Yeah. So, and you know what? The thing too is Gavin Blackwell has expressed a desire to to attend the um, the the UNC Virginia Tech game. Uh-huh. Would it be shocking if his, you know, I don't know what we. I, I don't want to say friend or or just teammate because their relationship is a lot stronger than that. It's um, uh, Sam has definitely taken Gavin Blackwell, who I probably should introduce as a, a 2021 wide receiver that North Carolina has offered right now. He's, he's listed as a five star receiver, but I think that's don't take that as he's going to be a five star guy. Take it as he's going to be a top recruit, but Sam Howe's definitely took taken him under his wing. And if you believe the story that's being put out there, the reason why Sam was at the, the home opener at UNC was because he was providing Gavin with transportation. But to get back to what I'm saying, if Gavin's there and Sam shows up also, it would not surprise me at, at the very least, mm-hmm. just because they're so close. So especially since there's no other games going on, yeah. you know, close by. I haven't so, looked at Florida, Florida State's schedule, but he doesn't, as of Friday, his next game at Florida State was going to be the Clemson game on, I think it's, I think it's either later this month or, uh, or next month. So my point is, is what I was getting at is that I feel like Hal is saying something, but more is going on behind the scenes. And I think that we're seeing it trickle out little by little by little, you know, and and I think that that the way that it's being done is that he's being kind of, um, for lack of a better term, protected from people thinking that he's talking to people because his parents, particularly his dad, who's the offensive coordinator at school, continues to talk to other schools, including North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's, what's your take on just Sam Howe, what he has said, what he has done, where North Carolina is at with, with him and, 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 you know, is he looking around and all that just based off of what you know on all, all that? Well, you're the expert, Don. Well, but, you know, you my, my, yeah, my expert opinion is there's more going out there than what he's saying. I mean, cause even like people were dissecting that first uh, uh, sentence or first uh, response to the question about his thoughts on on Fedora's um, Fedora coming in on a helicopter, and let me just read it real quick. Yeah, it, it means a lot. It shows how much they want me to come and be a part of their football team. I don't really pay too much attention to it because coaches come all the time. I just pay attention to the game. I just focus on my team. I really don't pay too much attention to it, but it does mean a lot f- for them to come out here and spend the whole night out here watching our game. And I feel like he's kind of almost going back and forth where he says he doesn't pay attention, but yet. He's saying that it meant a lot to him. Um, and I can tell you, having been at a couple of these where the helicopters come in, it's hard not to pay attention because you have this helicopter that slowly starts to, to circle the stadium before it lands. And I'm sure some of that is done purposely. And, I mean, it's just, you know, if you don't notice it, you feel the wind and everything like that. So, yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a little bit going back and forth where he wants to kind of, you know, he was appreciative of it, and it impressed him. 
but he doesn't want to seem like that because then people might read into it like I'm doing right now that um, that he's wavering on his Florida State commitment. Let's take one last quick commercial breakdown when we get back. Going to be giving the code for the Inside Carolina ticket giveaway, and we'll wrap this up talking a little bit more about the Virginia Tech game. But stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. All right, Don, I mentioned before we went to break that Inside Carolina is doing another giveaway code. For those that may not be familiar, IC is giving away two tickets per home game to our listeners. What you do is you go on the InsideCarolina.com Tar Pit and Tar Pit Premium Message Boards and you enter the code that I'm about to give you. The tickets are close to the 50-yard line, and you get to sit right next to the illustrious Buck Sanders and yes. very close to my co-host, Tommy Ashley. So to get those seats, you need to enter the code 1895 this week. That's 1895. That's actually the first year that UNC and Virginia Tech ever played a football game. So again, 1895, 1895. Go on the InsideCarolina.com message boards, enter that code, and be entered into the drawing to win those two tickets. So, Don, let's wrap this up talking about that potential list for Virginia Tech. I know it's early, but are there any little tidbits that you can give our listeners, maybe a name or two, that the fans can look forward to hopefully seeing in the stands Saturday night? All right. I will, uh, well, first of all, I think there's going to be an impressive group of underclassmen for sure. And so I'll give away one of the more impressive ones. Mitchell Mays is a offensive lineman from the 2020 class from Sanderson High School in Raleigh. I don't know what his current ranking is. It's at least a four-star. It might be even like a five-star just because of how early it is. Uh, but he's going to be, he he's in the conversation with uh, Jacoby Cohen for the top player in the state for the 2020 class. He's going to be a national recruit. He already is a national recruit. Uh, you know, NC State has an in with him because of uh, he has a couple of former teammates that, that are on their roster, and he's made a ton of visits to, to NC State, which is right down the road. So for North Carolina to get him on campus and to impress him, that will go a long way. And this is another situation that you were talking about earlier, John, where um, – you know, making that impression on him that's going to um, last into when it comes time for him to make a decision and, and it, when it comes time for him to make cuts and everything like that. So um, he's a big one. Um, there's a couple of other guys. I don't want to really say too much about uh, Kamari Morales, who's UNC's tight end commit from um, uh, Tallahassee uh, Lincoln High School. He's going to he's going to be attending his first game in Chapel Hill. So that's going to be big for him. I think the only other time, yeah, the only other time he's visited North Carolina was for the freak show, which is when he committed. So this is actually going to be the first game that he's attended uh, as a UNC commit. But again, a ton of um, underclassmen, top underclassmen that UNC is pursuing. And then also I expect a good chunk, if not, yeah, yeah, yeah a good chunk of, um, of UNC's commits and um, some surprise guys that we're not expecting, we're not talking about right now. I wouldn't be shocked if any of those guys end up showing up for the game also. That's what I was going to ask just real quick. Do you think that there could be some mystery, highly ranked prospects that are last minute show ups in Chapel Hill? Yeah, I think that, that there is definitely a possibility. When North Carolina has had these games that are like this, when they've had the, the zero dark Thursday and um, and all that, there have been guys who have showed up and 
you know, they initially are just showing up just because there's nothing else going on. It's a, it's a good game. It's a great atmosphere, all that. And then North Carolina ends up, you know, making an impression in some instances, it just kind of dies after that. But in some instances it, it gives you and see a little bit of juice for, for that recruits uh, recruitment. So, yeah. So I think that I would not be surprised if you see a guy who might be committed to another school or who has kind of um, seemingly taken UNC off his radar, all of a sudden appears in Keaton Stadium on on Saturday. And also, I, I, I mentioned the fact that I, I don't know, I don't have any information about Sam Howell attending, but um, if Gavin Blackwell attends, I could see Sam Howell attending. Now, the other thing is, is Sam might be just like, oh man, this is getting a little out of hand. This, you know, maybe I don't need to make an appearance again, but who knows? So we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting. I definitely... We urge everybody to uh, check out Inside Carolina's message board. We'll probably post a preliminary list early in the week and then a more finalized list where we're able to double check with guys and everything like that closer to Saturday, probably post it Thursday or Friday. So, uh, you know, definitely check those things out to keep up to date. And then, of course, we confirm the recruits as they arrive on campus or as we're able to, you know, confirm them through sources on campus on Saturday. So um, if you're not able, or even if you're, I guess nowadays, you know, if, if you're able to make the game, you have your cell phone out, you can pull it out to kind of check on Inside Carolina's message board to see what uh, what recruits were, were confirming that are on campus. All right. That sounds great, Don. Well, thanks for talking to me. And everyone stay tuned to the InsideCarolina.com Tar Pit Premium message board for that news. For now, we'll go ahead and sign off. Don, really appreciate it, man. No problem. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now.